always been an entrepreneur. I've always worked for myself. The last real job I had, I was teaching, and that was before I went to law school. But I've always known I wanted to work for myself, even from being a small child. I always knew I did not want to work for someone else. And right. most people in my family, if they had a full-time job, everyone had like a side hustle. Somebody was a DJ, somebody cooked, somebody was an artist. My father, he was a brakeman for the railroad, but he fished, and he sold fish, and he sold crabs. Now, my mother was an accountant, but we had a restaurant for a number of years. They didn't look at it as entrepreneurship. They looked at it as an extra stream of income to help pay bills. Little did we know we're building businesses. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of Black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And as I record this intro, it is the International Day of the Podcaster. That would be me as one of the many millions of people who have taken up podcasting and um, really opened up the door to people really giving their skill, their love, their joy, their contribution. It's just amazing, really. I love podcasts. I particularly love independent podcasters who are doing it on their, off their own back, on their own dime, without huge structures behind them and still put in some amazing content out. And, you know, some of those get picked up by the mainstream, but I just love the way that people are contributing in this way. And um, so shout out to all the other podcasters who are out there making their content putting it out week after week because I know what it takes to do that. And I know that it's a really a love project, you know, it's really a, a labor of love. So shout out to everyone who's a podcaster and a particular shout out to all my black podcasters and my black women podcasters as well, because we know that black women's representation in the broad media is smaller than it should be. And so this is a way that we get our voices out. With that, you know, the other thing I want to share is this week, I've taken myself on a mini work retreat. So I've shared with you before how I've done that, how I take myself away, how I, you know, create the next year or I view the previous year and I do that. And occasionally I've taken myself away for like four or five days. This is just a couple of days, but I tell you, just bring in some space, give him space to thinking, to reflecting, to planning. I just felt like I was overwhelmed with a new project came in, which is great, which is fantastic, but it was bigger than I expected. And it just pushed my overwhelm. <laughs> you know, I was on the edge, I suppose, of overwhelm. And then that arrived and I was like, oh, I need to really pause, take a step back and think about how I plan out the rest of the Yeah, Now I've managed to be able to fit that in in my week just because I had a cancellation on something. So it showed up as an opportunity. But if it wasn't, I would probably have done it over a weekend because I need to protect my peace. I know the signs of when I'm in overwhelm and I immediately have to think about how do I manage that and how do I get myself out? And most of the time, overwhelm is when we feel like we can't, manage when we feel like we don't have a way through holding all of the things that we have at our accountability for one way that absolutely helps is our ability to stop and look at the whole thing and say 
How am I going to get this done? And the how means sometimes it's not always me to get it done. What are the things that I can take off my plate? And if it's not off my plate for good, what's off my plate for now? How do I get smarter in the way that I'm working so that I don't always do it the way that it's always been done? And what do I have to say no to? Because you can't say yes to everything. And so taking things, starting to say no, starting to set some boundaries, looking at how you're spending your time, look at how much time we waste as well. The last thing is never compromise on the self-care. Never compromise on the self-care. What I used to do in the past was I used to just work longer hours. I used to just put in longer hours to in order to like make up for the extra work that came in. This time I'm like, I just don't have that as a modus operandi anymore or operandi anymore. What I do is I look for what I can take off my plate and I look for what I can start to say no to. And I look for my becoming more efficient in the way that I, I am. We can always be more efficient. I don't care whoever you are. There's always something that you can look at and think I could get better at that. How I'm managing that. And, and some of it is, is getting good at saying no. So I wanted to share that with you. If, if you are feeling in overwhelm, if you've got anything like that going on, if you're on the edge of overwhelm, maybe that's something you can do. Just take, and if you don't have a full two days, of course, you can take half a day, take your Sunday afternoon, take your Saturday afternoon, take your Saturday morning, go sit in the park, go sit in a coffee shop, go to a different environment from your home or where you normally are, where you normally work to help you give you some space to help you think it through. And you might, if you can't do it in solid times, like you might wanna do half a day for the next two, three weekends of giving yourself that space. And it allows you to really get ahead of, get in front of the things that are, are overwhelming you. So you can think, think them through, think them through and heart them through, <laughs> right? Okay, so let me tell you about my guest this week. My guest week this week is Selena Gill. Now, Selena is mom to three amazing boys who created a candle company. And I'm not going to tell you much more because if I told you the story, if I told you like her main bio story, in her bio is the story itself. So unlike normally where I kind of read you the, her bio, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna let her tell her own story and you're gonna see just how phenom this woman is to have supported her children and really taking this up to be this amazing business owner. And it's such a it's wonderful, wonderful story. So I'm gonna let, you, let her share it with you. Once again, you're gonna love her. I love all my guests and you're gonna see what's possible to create with your children also. And if it wasn't with your children, just think from what's possible to create from nothing and to build up this amazing organization. So I give you Selena. Selena, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you. I'm looking forward to finding out more about you and your work and how you came to develop your work and what you're up to. So Let's start with sharing with my listeners what is it that you do and how did you come to do what you do? I am a co-founder of Frere Brunchill Candle Company, 
which means Gill Brothers in French, because the founders of the company or the other co-founders are the Gill Brothers who happen to be my sons. So my youngest three sons, Colin, Ryan, and Austin Gill, they started in 2017 when they were 12, 9, and 7. They are now soon to be 16, 13, and soon to be 11. So we've been in the business for about four years, and they make scented vegan luxury candles that help anywhere smell like home. They also make diffusers, room sprays, bath salt, and specialty candles. They started because they wanted more money for toys and Nerf guns and video games. And I told them, no, you need to get a job or start a business. Little did I know they would actually take me up on it. <laughs> so then they wanted to learn how to make products. And we did some research because I was homeschooling at the time about which kit businesses made the most money. And that was candles, bath bombs, and soaps. So they learned how to make all three. It, they stuck with candles because I love candles the most. And they asked me which one did I like the most. I was like, I love candles. Everyone was like, you know, buys candles. So we started selling at football games and baseball games, literally out of the back of my minivan. They went to their first vending event in 2017 and has been going ever since. Uh, we're in over 100 retail locations. They're um, in big box stores like Macy's, Target, Belk, Ace Hardware, Lowe's. You know, I didn't know that hardware stores sold candles until we started selling candles. I had no idea. I wasn't going to Lowe's for candles, you know. It's, it's been a very fun ride. Mm-hmm. It still is tremendously fun ride. Now they don't make most of the products. Now they have employees that make them. We have a warehouse. We have five permanent employees and we have some floaters and some contractors. It has been amazing. It has opened the door to, to so many different opportunities that would not have been open otherwise. And it allows them to earn money. It's creating wealth for our family. And then we also give 10% back to homeless shelters in D.C. It's, it's really been life-changing, their idea, just to get some side money. It's stunning because, obviously, they're not going to be the first kid who says, I'm going to like do some business and sell some things and make some money. What was it that had them keep going? Because sometimes when kids do that, they're like, once they get enough money to for the thing that they wanted to buy, then they're like, oh, good, I'm, I'm done. What was it about it that kept them going? This is a fun, it's phenomenal. They had all these goals. They wanted to be in Target. They wanted to be in Macy's. And they had uh, money goals because they figured if we get here, then I know I can buy this. It was all about money. Right. (laughs) I could buy my own PS5. (laughs) I could buy my own dirt bike. So, I mean, they were motivated by being able to purchase for themselves, to be independent. And right. also they're motivated because the more money we make, the more we can donate. And Ryan, he's the heart of the crew. He really likes to give back. He's very compassionate. Mm-hmm. And that was important for him for us to be able to give back. So a lot of it is that someone kept opening the door and we kept walking through. Like open another door and we walked through. Right. And we basically, we learn by failing sometimes because it was a brand new arena for us mm-hmm. in terms of commerce, uh, e-commerce, producing consumer goods, uh, working with retail hiring people, setting up a warehouse. So literally everything we've done, we've done for the first time. Right. We didn't know how to do it before. Right. And it's just kind of this this organic. Yeah. Now, and it's a family affair, right? Did you continue to homeschool as this was happening? Yes, I continue. Ryan and Austin are still homeschooled. Colin went to prep school because I don't homeschool high school. There's just too much going on. So I don't do homeschool for high school. So Colin is now, uh, this fall, he'll be a high school junior. Actually, in two weeks, he starts school. Right. Even though they were homeschooled, because people are like, you know, it was easy because, you you know, you all were homeschooled. I said, no, because all the other things we couldn't do anymore. 
we took so many different types of classes. Like we go, we live uh, maybe 20, 30 minutes out of Washington, D.C. So we would go into D.C. and they would take construction classes. They would take, you know, um, different types of sports. You know, they would cross. I mean, they did Taekwondo. So they did a lot of things outside of the home as well. Right. So it's like, no, we're stuck in house with these kids. It's like you're stuck in house with your kids. <laughs> and people really have a different expectation about what homeschooling is, but it's, it's a very creative way of teaching your children. It's not mm-hmm. just the image is like you're sitting at a ta- the table and you're going through the same kind of process like everyone. No, it's like there's a whole world, right? You know, these kids go crazy. Like we do have times we sit at the table when they do work. But if they did that all day, it would just be it, we. It does not work. It does not work. It wouldn't work for you, and it wouldn't work for them. No, it, none of us. It works. So when we do, you know, work like that, they they get a lot of breaks. We were like, like in the throes of COVID, and they were still doing homeschool. We had to give them much more breaks than than normal because we couldn't go out and do those things that we did during the breaks before. How did you feel about? taking on running the business along with them because it, it was their vision. They wanted to make candles. I mean, it's kind of your favorite thing. And then really there's you taking it on too. Like this is your journey along with them. So how do you feel about that? And like, was this one of your dreams to be an entrepreneur? Were you an entrepreneur before? Like what was happening? I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always worked yeah. for myself. I told the kids, the last real job I had, I was teaching. And that was before I went to law school over 10 years ago. But I've always known I wanted to work for myself, even from being a small child. I always knew I did not want to work for someone else. And right. most people in my family, if they had a full-time job, everyone had like a side hustle. And, you know, somebody was a DJ, somebody cooked, somebody was an artist. My father, he was a, a brakeman for uh, the railroad, but he fished and he sold fish and he sold crabs. Now, my mother was an accountant, but we had a restaurant for a number of years. So there's always been like a side hustle. They didn't look at it as entrepreneurship. They looked at it as an extra stream of income to help pay bills. Little did we know we're building businesses. So I've always known that I did not want to work for someone else, but I've always known I've always wanted to work with people. And that's the reasons, part of the reasons why I did law and I did education, because I got a chance to help people. First, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, this is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. But then once I started having kids, I felt like I, felt like I have four kids. Like I'm definitely staying home. I am not because I'm working. To, I'd be working to pay daycare. You know, literally. Yeah. So what's the point? I might as well just stay home. From staying home, I can still work. I can still, you know, I was still able to teach. I was still able to, to practice law. I was still able to pursue other creative pursuits. Like I did T-shirts for a while. I did pillows. I did rugs. I did, I, I'm just creative underneath it all. So I like to express my creativity. So it worked out for us. It worked out for me. And it worked out that I had some experience working for myself, not to the level of which their business. My, my, none of my businesses went to this level. 
but I did have experience going out there talking to people because when you're an entrepreneur, you have to sell yourself. So I had experience in just talking to strangers and talking to people and, and, you know, picking up the phone and doing cold calls and cold emails to be able to find more opportunities for them. So that came in. That helped tremendously in terms of broadening their brand. If you want to go to school, that's up to you. If you don't want to go, that's up to you because it's your life. Like I just right. have a bunch of degrees and I'm like, I have used those degrees. They're, they've been helpful. I said, but I had a bunch of degrees because that's what I was told to do when I was younger. You know, go to college, get a degree. Yep. You know, um, get a job, get married, get a, you know, have some kids. And I was like, none of that. I didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I needed, I got my husband for the kids part. I said, <laughs> but, you know, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you need a lot of degrees. I said, the best thing about my degrees is that I got to meet a lot of people, you know, in my different college settings. So I got to know mm-hmm. different cultures and different people, um, from different backgrounds, but I also, um, Help because now I'm, I'm a part of so many different networks, alumni networks, you know, um, interest networks, you know, so, and that helps tremendously. So I told them, if you want to go to college, you know, enjoy it, you know, meet a bunch of people, find out what you like, find out what you don't like, and then make sure you stay connected to your alumni network because sometimes all it, it takes is a call from somebody that went to your college. They might not even know you, but they know you went there and they want to help, you know, another graduate of that school. There are people still making candles in their kitchen today going, but wait, how did you get into all of these retail outlets? Like, how do you get from making candles in the kitchen to having staff, having warehouse? And did you say a hundred different stores? Did you say over a hundred different stores? Did you say that? Mm -hmm. Over a hundred. I didn't, not making that up. I literally heard that. Over a hundred different hours. How do you get from that to that? Like, what is it about what you're doing that allows you to, allow you to build such a an empire that you're building? <laughs> a lot of it came from me and my husband's networks. Like, once we told people that our kids had a candle company, they told other people, they purchased, and then it, I, I normally, this is what I do all the time. I ask somebody, do you know anybody from this, you know, this show? Do you know anybody from this uh, store. Do you know anybody from? And I just do a lot of outreach. Okay. Um, a lot. Of, I would say it's about. Let me take that back. Okay. About seventy percent of it has been press. Is that someone's seen us on a TV show or seen us like in a magazine or seen them somewhere and they reach out because okay. it's, a lot of it is you know they want to bring my more diverse um, companies uh, or, or vendors on the shelves and then. Probably 30% of it is just me emailing and calling people and asking, you know, pe- people in my network, do you know the buyer for this company? Do you know the buyer for that company? Do you know, do you know a good marketing agency? Do you know a good, you know, um, where can I get labels from? So a lot of it is just outreach. Um, but 70% is we have been very fortunate has been pressed and, and it's a great brand story. And, and part of it, like most, um, I think your most successful brands, they have a great brand story. And with the great brand story, you get a lot of customer loyalty. If, if it weren't our candle brand, I'd buy it. I love the store. I'm like, three black boys who sell candles to get back Yeah, in the house. totally. Like, where, you know, where are you yeah. at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels so, I mean, it is kind of random. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The store is random. Let's be, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of time. Because the first time I'm like, wait, this, what? Three, they're selling candles? How did they get to sell candles? I'm exactly. Four, I think, that they, Young boys and so cute as well. <laughs> Thank you. And then there's the art and the skill of building a business. Mm-hmm. 
that goes along alongside that. If you had to think about what were some of the mistakes that you may have made along the way, what might they be? No doubt along the way there's been some mistakes that you've made or challenges along the way. Well, what are the things that have shown up for you in your, in, as you've been building your business? Sometimes taking on too big of a challenge. At the time when taking it on, not realizing it's too big in terms of uh, capabilities, like what we can deliver. Um, and we did that probably within like year, like 1.5 and learning quickly, never do that again. I, what did, what happened? Do you mind sharing what happened? Um, there were a few times when we got a bunch of press mm-hmm. and instead of kind of just shutting the site down to kind of catch up with, with all the orders, we kept the site open. At the time, it was just the five of us. It was three boys, myself and my husband, and we couldn't keep up with the demand. We eventually had to shut the site down though. But it shut it down. <laughs> it didn't work. It was like, this is too much going on. We cannot do this. So I would have probably shut it down a lot earlier to, to manage it and just let people know, you know, thank you for your interest. You know, we're going to be shut down for a week or so. You know, come back next week. And then yeah, it, it like, sets up for a really bad customer experience. Because then they're waiting. Yep. On the waiting for a long time for you to fulfill the order. Yep. Bad mouthing you online. No yeah. Yes. I ordered. It takes so long. Always help. <laughs> or, or, um, this is what I get for, you know, for buying from a black business. And I'm oh. like, oh, Lord, not those comments. Y'all keep yeah. that, keep that comment. <laughs> and not really recognizing, like, yeah, everyone else saw the same segment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You see that? Good morning, America. So you went online and then went, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy five because I really want to support them. Exactly. And then it's like everyone else saw that same segment. The same segment. Everyone else has decided to order five. <laughs> exactly. And it's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing how people act like none of that is happening and don't even recognize that, yeah, it's not Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Zara, or any of these yeah. big corporations, this massive like chain of like, yeah. It's not Amazon. It's not a big chain. It's just two parents and some kids, some little kids. Yeah. <laughs> We're up until three o'clock in the morning trying to get all this done. <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> Wishing they'd never see another candle. Uh, or making them, quit, making right? them up, right? Candles. We still got. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, we still gotta make these candles. Once we got through that, now they're fine. Now they're like they got staff, no problems. They're That's good. hilarious. Do we have to make these candles? Like, oh my god. And what do you think is teaching the has taught the boys that they really have the ability to determine the opportunities in their life? What being a homeschool kid is different. Homeschool kids seem to our homeschool kids, I can't speak to anybody else's, our homeschool children are have a lot less fear. They speak up a lot more. They're a lot more curious. Mm-hmm. It's funny because somebody will interact with one of the kids and be like, you're homeschooled, aren't you? Because, like, homeschool kids, like, have no, like, filters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They learn so many different things. And it's not like, and people like, you know, um, homeschool kids, you know, the drawback is they're not socialized well. No, my kids are in many groups, uh, many teams, they they run a lot of people all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't have a fear to really speak about how they feel about something. They're like they speak up. If they don't like something, they tell you they don't like it. If they like something, they t- right. they'll tell you that they like it as well. And I always tell them that you you let people know how to treat you by what you say mm-hmm. and what you accept. 
So if you let someone treat you a certain way because you won't speak up, you know, a large part is because you don't speak up. Now, if you don't speak up because you're scared, intimidated, that's different. That's, you know, some fear. And then we need to come advocate on your behalf. But if, right. if those things aren't in play, then speak up and say something. And so they speak up and say something. I don't like that. Or this is not going to work for me. And then sometimes I feel like it backfires because they do it to us too. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this mom. This is making me uncomfortable. I don't know. Or, you know, I don't understand, you know, why do we have to do it like this? Like last night, I made them turn on their electronics early because they had been on them all day. Uh-huh. Uh, so Colin's like, but I don't understand. Normally we have 11 o'clock tonight. You're, asking, you're saying 930. I don't understand why you're doing this. I said, because y'all have been on electronics all day. He was like, but right. I've been in football practice. I said, but unfortunately, I'm just doing a, a cutoff time for everyone. This is just tonight. That's not everything. I don't understand. You know, this is the, the, we do it 11 o'clock every night. And I said, because I said so. That's why. That's why. Because I said so. You just have to go there. You just sometimes you just have to. Let's shove this down parent style. Exactly, no. exactly. I don't have to have a discussion with you, a dialogue about parent <laughs> times. I love that you say that about the difference between homeschool children, and I think if you're, they're not dealing with the limitations that institutions put on our children and their, their relationship to themselves and their relationship to others. Is there a confidence that comes with homeschooling that allows for that? I wanted to take a moment to share with you my gratitude journal, which is 30 Days of Gratitude, Making Every Day Count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop this as a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, And with daily intentions, you are more likely to take the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 Days of Gratitude Making Every Day Count is available on Amazon.com on the She's Got Drive Journals page. The link is in the show notes. So click the link. It's like $6, something like that. And then take on a daily practice. You will see that I've already started to post my daily practice on my Instagram page. So you can do it together. So order your 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. Um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day. When we vend it, because we vend it for the first three years, it was them speaking to customers speaking to strangers and then educating people about their products and then showing their products and demonstrating. And I think um, being homeschooled allowed them a level of confidence that some kids don't get mm-hmm. um, being in, in the classroom. And I'm I'm not 
pitting like homeschool against classroom because you know one of my children you know he's still in a classroom now um but i think it just offers um more flexibility and letting kids really be who they are um i don't you know there are times we have to draw lines about you know personality because sometimes personality is interfering with this lesson i need you to tamp down a little bit so we can get this done um right but i really want them to be who they are designed to be like and i always tell them you know because uh, we were talking about um about colleges and i know some people that they have to go to the college their parents pick that's just what it is their parents pick even if they got a bunch of scholarships they're going to the college their parents picked i'm not like that i'm like it's your life do you know how short life is? <laughs> and I don't want you to pick an experience just because I like it. I'm going to give you my recommendation, and I hope you do. But if you don't, I'm going to support it. As long as, you know, it's a, a healthy environment, you're not breaking the, I, I tell them, as long as you're healthy, you're not hurting people, you're not breaking the law. If those three those three things exist, exist I can support you all the way. One of those three things doesn't, we got a problem. You know, um, but I want them to really be sure about the decisions that they make and that they want to make them. That we we influenced them and we gave them foundation, but it's something I don't want them to look back and like, oh, I, I wasted five years of my life doing something my mama wanted me to do. You know, or something my father wanted me to do and I didn't yeah. really do it. As we told them, you know, the candle company, we were like, we know you don't want to make candles the rest of your life. We did that. We understand that you're doing this and we're building a team so you can still do that thing you want to do, but you'll still have a candle company. Yeah, like, so they're not like saddled with the candle company. Exactly. exactly. Unless they want to, obviously. If they they want to, that's yeah, if they want to, yeah. that's fine. But if you don't want to, that's fine. It, you know, future, they've gone off, they've decided to do multiple things that they could do in the world, right? What are you doing and what are you doing with the candle company? Oh, I, I'm going to eventually, somebody else is going to run this candle company. <laughs> it's not going to be me. I have other dreams too. I have other dreams and things I want to happen with my life. So we're, we're, do you want to, do you want to share any of those dreams or not? Are you, you can um, try to keep them private, of course, but is there anything that you'd love to share? Like what, what you'd love to be doing in the future? Uh, I definitely, I'm interested in, in writing, writing a book, a couple of books. I've written for different publications before. And it was funny because uh, I was cleaning out my office and one of my assistants found like an old journal I had, like when I was like in my 20s, where I started writing all these stories because I used to write all the time. I did spoken word. I did all that stuff. So I had journals where I wrote poems wow. and wrote stories. And I thought, oh gosh, I wrote this story when I was like 22, you know, like, and I was like, I need to finish the story. I definitely want um, to write fiction and nonfiction. I definitely want to do more of the creative things I did before. Like I did pillows. I did um like little jewelry trays, like stuff like that, you know, design them so they can be still not, not made by me this time before I made them. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have, you know, I had the network where I can get them made. You know what I mean? So yeah. I understand that, that network now do more of a home care line um, for, for my brand. Also do much more writing, um, maybe some speaking it involves travel. I'll do it. If it's once we become more COVID free. I know that I don't want to be in charge of a candle company for the rest of my life. It's fun being CEO. You know, it's not easy because, you know, when you're in charge of everything, it's a very sexy title. But when everyone needs something from you or every, you need to do the final approval on everything, you know, it's like, I don't want to make any decisions today. <laughs> I just want to like, I just want to 
do something fun or I want to just just work on one thing but I don't want to make any decisions today so developing a team that makes those decisions that can understand the brand Mm -hmm. ethic understand the brand look uh the brand focus the brand vision I can have another team say yes like this is what we would normally do it's within the budget blah 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 so I can say good job team you know what I mean? I want to be able to say that and I want to be able to say it from, um, you know, from Central Pay or from, you know, <laughs> or from Thomas, you know, or from Greece, or, you know, or from Namibia. I want to not say it from the office. Yeah, say it brilliant. That's brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. You talked about your family earlier and the entrepreneurship that was in your family, but you didn't necessarily relate to it that way. It's just like, this is what we do to, to survive, to get enough money so we can live our life. What was the messaging that you got from your mom or like an elder woman in your life? You know, this is my like, really what mama used to say stays with us, you know, some messaging that stayed with us, that has stayed with you, that guides you. This really, not from watching her in life, but really watching her during death. My mother passed away of breast cancer in 2006. And the last time we had a coherent conversation before, like she went, you know, before she started fading away, um, I talked to, we talked about the things she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And she was like, there's so many things that I, I didn't do because I put being a mother and a wife first. And she was like, your kids are going to grow up anyway. So really do the things you want to do because they're going to grow up anyway. And she was like, I regret not really pursuing my dreams because you, know, you all would have still been fine. Yeah, you all would still be here. And um, so I carry that with me. We really got to do what we really want to do in life because our, our kids grow up anyway. Yeah. And then we look back and say, well, I put my kids first. Kids are selfish. I love them, but they're selfish. They think about themselves only. <laughs> all that. <laughs> you know? All that time and that's normal it's, it's normal for it's us. supposed to do that right yeah. that's, that's by design absolutely right. Right. so if you're out there living your dream and you're still you know being the mother you need to be to your kids they really don't it doesn't phase them you know long as, as you're present the way they need you to be present and all kids don't need you to be present the same way like my kids need yeah. to be present in different ways for each one of them right Whereas one might want to watch a movie with me one might just want to lay on me for a good hour and one might want to, you know, talk about bugs for an hour. And one yeah. might just want to talk on the phone like the oldest in the FaceTime. I'm like, Lord, you got FaceTime again. <laughs> you know, you got FaceTime. Just can't talk on the phone. You know, yeah. so all of them need something different and the yeah. understanding they need something different. And then especially when because we decide to have children, you don't have, you know, most of us, most of us do have a, a right, you know, have a decision in, in having a child or not. Um, and if you're going to make that decision, understand that you got to make time for kids. No matter that, whatever it is, you dream you follow, you have to make time for your children if you decide to right. have. So, and kids will tell you, most kids, you know, if it's a, an environment where they feel like they can speak up, will tell you, you're not spending enough time with me. Or I don't see you enough. Or you need to rest. When kids tell you that, take note. Like, they see <laughs> me as tired and haggard. I don't want to tell So, take a break. Spend some time with your kids, you know. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, the kids will grow anyway. They're going to do fine. I remember when the kids were younger, I got to this point, you know, you know, when they were like toddlers and it, and it was just a lot. You know, I was just like, oh, my God, I just need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I literally couldn't. I remember saying to her, I, I, I can't do another day. I, can't. <laughs> I need to be with myself. I need to yeah. be, there was a, there was a person before she became a mom, you know, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then feeding that guilt around even thinking like that versus like, I need, I need to go away. I need to go away for a weekend. I need to just leave. I do that once a month. Once a month. I, go, I actually just this weekend. You do I that once a month? Friday like, to Sunday. Mommy, they know exactly where I am. So if there's an emergency, they know exactly how to get to me. Once a month, I have a hotel I stay here. I get a massage that weekend and they're connected to like a, they're connected to a mall. I go to the mall. I buy some shoes or a purse or something. <laughs> and then I, I spend the whole weekend to myself. Every now and then I'll call my husband. And he'll spend the night one night and I'm like, I gotta leave in the morning. Come <laughs> back at night and leave in the morning. And, and that's it. And they, they know Stop that. Me. They know. Oh, yeah. Up my game. I mean, I'm going away at the weekend. I'm going away for 10 days with myself and my dog. And this is the first time that I've been away for 10 days. That's wow. not work. Mm-hmm. I've been away working, you know, like there's, there's no quite. And then I started to, this is like the pull. And this is messing with my big, my 13 year old and a 17 year old kid. These are big kids, you know. Even so, I just think it's 10 days too long. Should I play it short? And I'm like, what for? What am I doing when I come back? What am I doing when I come back? Yeah, so that I would have random weekends, but I am, listen, you have inspired me. I'm like, oh, I need to up my game. And mums out there, carers, like anyone like, yeah, up your game in that a weekend. So you don't actually get to the point where where it's like I can't anymore. Yeah, because you have to refresh. You have to because I mean we can very easily experience burnout, very very easily. Really? And then once moms, especially entrepreneurial, any mom, any working not any working moms, I'm gonna say moms, moms who are are truly taking care of their mm-hmm. households. If when mom is down, the whole household is down. It's down. Yeah. And then because moms are usually the heart, you know, of the household, everyone feels it. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, and they're trying to help. And, and sometimes they step up. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that my kids will step up when it's, when they feel like it's too much. Yeah. Like, mom, you know, I'll take care of that. Mom, I'll take care of that. And, and, and they're very empathetic and, and saying like, like when I get home, the kids will come to the car. You know, sometimes it's because they want, you know, something on my phone. But most times, you know, they'll come to the car. Somebody will get my bag. Somebody say, do you have anything else? And my husband will come out there, too. So all of them will come out, and and, and they, t- they take everything into the house. If I went to the grocery yeah. store, they put the groceries up. And yeah. then normally my routine is I get something to eat. I go upstairs um, because I, the, down, I, the downstairs belongs to them. I'm like, y'all can have this. Family room, y'all can have it. <laughs> As long as it stays clean, y'all can, I don't care, y'all can have it. Um, so I go upstairs to my bedroom and then they come up, everyone comes in, you, normally, as long as they're not mad, you know, about something, cause they're uh, two teenagers. So you know how it is. Every now and then they're mad. Yeah. They don't say hi, you know. <laughs> so they come in, they speak, they give me a hug, I ask them about the day. Um, and then that's when they make the ask about can I sit down or mom can we watch TV later? Something like that. Um, but I try to make sure that I talk to, each one, except the oldest. The oldest lives um, in D.C., so I don't talk mm-hmm. to the oldest every day. But the ones that are in my house, I make sure I try to talk to them every day. You now, sometimes I'll come home and I'll just fall out on the bed, you know, and I'll just knock out. Not meaning to. I just have a yeah. long day. And um, they'll come because I can feel them. They'll come. They'll kiss me on the cheek. You know, they'll put the covers over me. Um, 
but we spend a lot of family time together on the weekends too. We do a lot of museums. Um, we do zoos. We, I always find some new adventure. I try to find new things we haven't done. Um, I said, because my mother was really good at that. My mother was really good at, at finding new adventures. Like we went to so many museums, libraries, little, like little mini trips. And I, I, I want to, wanted to recreate that for my kids. So they have gone a lot of places. Like I'm like, I want the kids to experience too. Like sometimes I go check it out for myself, you know, yeah. it first. Yeah. And then I say, okay, this will work. Let's, let's bring the kids here next time. Or, um, and we find a lot of, we're fortunate that we live, you know, in the DC metro area. So there's so many things to do. There's so many things to do. So we always find something new to do every weekend. I love the strong connection in your family. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense. I'm not sure what came first, you know, the strong connection that leads to you creating this phenomenal business together or the business is you know, we do to create a phenomenal connection, you know. Um, and just as you, just as we move to closing, if you had to, like, say what was your biggest, your biggest one or two lessons in this journey with your business with the boys, what have, what have the lessons been? Separ- especially if you're a family business, at some point you have to separate being a uh, member of your family and being a person in the business like you cannot it cannot carry over to home you know and i would say it's harder when you work you know a business out of your household like i think the best thing that happened to us is that we moved the business out of the house because you want some separation you want to come home and feel like you're just mom or you're just child or you're just spouse or you know whoever like leave all that away like when you come home like from a nine to five you know hopefully you can leave all the nine to five at the nine to five you can come home and just be yourself so um, I would definitely say create a division between business and family. Like if you work out of your home, then know it from this time is when we shut it down, whether it be five o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever, the business hours are over because you don't want your kids to feel like you're always boss, like mom boss. Because mom boss is not the same as mom. There's two different things. We have two different goals and objectives. Mom is a lot nicer than mom boss. <laughs> Mom boss, we got things to do, we got orders, right. we got you know, goals. Mom boss is like, oh, let's have fun. You know, let's, you know, let's eat some popcorn. Let's watch, let's watch a movie. Mom boss, get off the phone. Get, get off the phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So definitely create a division where you can have, uh, be a family and be a business. I love your story. I love what you've been doing with the boys. I think it's so inspiring. I, you know, it'd be great to have a conversation with them in 20 years' time. Do you know what I mean? To see what they would say about this moment. Because mm-hmm. I think it's just a, like, it's more than a story. It's your life, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just so inspiring. So thank you for joining me on the show and sharing, like, what you've created. Um, I'll put links in the in the um, show notes where everyone can buy your candles mm-hmm. It's all set up. She's got stuff now, man. (laughs) Well, thank you. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Okay, so what a story. Three boys wanting to make some money to get some toys. And then it turns into a business. I know there's many of us who have supported our kids in making and selling cookies or lemonade stands or donuts or something. There are many kids up and down the country selling, you know, Girl Scout cookies. 
showing some entrepreneurial spirit but to be able to have this to sustain it and then have have selena really support the boys and lead them to building a business that literally supplies these candles in in stores across the country is absolutely amazing and i'm excited about what those boys have learned and what what that that leads into as they grow up is is something to watch and i'm excited about what selena goes on to do so so many things that inspire me as a mother and so many things that inspire me as someone who's just like wanting our young people to win in life just wanting them to win so oh what are you getting from this episode what are you taking away um what's what's the thing that you want to start you know what's the thing that you want to start that you haven't started you know maybe there's something maybe there's a candle company inside of you waiting to be born imagine that so she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltalina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles until next time go well and stay well